All right, we are live, Chris. How you doing, my man? Doing well, Peyton. Doing well. Um, kind of, honestly, just really excited for today. Today's kind of been the uh, the day we've been planning for all summer. The day of the initial release of the Howlin' at the Mic. I guess I don't know if you'd call it series because it's a podcast and a live show, and we're kind of bringing the new live show, um, birthing it today, actually. So it's it's pretty fun. It's cool. It's interesting. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, man. I guess we got a lot of explaining to do because like we were talking about earlier, the last time we were live, the last time we said anything about the Timberwolves was at the end of game – was it game five or game six? Or yeah, game so – Maybe it was I can't think. I, I it might have been. It's either game four or game five because you and I were at game six, and that was also a crushing blow because we blew another double digit lead. I believe in that game. I think it was like hey, a we, thirteen we don't point dwell, lead. We don't want to dwell too much on the uh, yeah on the pain of last season, but I do remember the game where Anthony Edwards hit the huge three, and then John Morant went and made the buzzer beating layup to beat us. So that you know that was tough, but. We have come a long way, and I, I really, I really think we missed the biggest post or off season in Timberwolves history. And you can make the argument one of the biggest by any team in the history of the NBA. I mean, maybe not top ten, but one of them for sure. Yeah, it, it was definitely a busy summer for the Timberwolves and a busy summer for us. I, I feel like we have to have this talk. I think we've had this talk every single one of the three years that we've been doing this. But yeah, kind of the. Uh, Hey, this is where we've been talk. Um, so yeah, you guys can kind of see on the right side. We developed a little live show, talk show, debate show format here, and we're gonna just gonna try to buzz through. Usually, I think six topics will be will be good for us for one show. It should be around thirty minutes. Um, an intro will not be one of the six topics. Usually, we just wanted to kind of fill you guys in on this format, um, what's been going on with us, and just kind of how it's gonna go, I guess, for the for the season here, and the uh, hopefully after the season two um, during the dead periods. So, I guess I guess initially the plan was to keep doing the podcast, um, keep doing these live shows that that are started now. Try to do one a week, so. You guys will get two forms of content per week, I think is what we're going to try to aim for now. And we can uh, we can adjust if need be. Yeah, I think we really are going to try to get like a set time and a set day of the week for this live show. I think that if we can get into a schedule with this, no matter what's going on, no matter how the Timberwolves are doing, just like if we can get this one episode a week and just make it consistent for you guys, I think that's kind of the goal. Chris, I think we should... We should talk about what we've been doing this summer because I, th- I feel like maybe a few people actually care about that. So what have you been doing since the end of game six or game five, whatever it was? What have you been up to? Yeah, kind of just finishing up school, um, having my internship, uh, digital marketing internship um, past week working as a camp counselor. So that's kind of, I think, the story of both of our our uh, our lives here has kind of just been working finishing up school grinding uh this past year yeah so i honestly like it was like to the point where like there was news going on but we're like we've been gone for so long like we kind of just wanted to to revamp and restart and then come at you guys fresh like this has been something me and chris have been working on for the last two months i'd say just in-depth planning of this howling at the mic we rebranded we used to be timberwolves talk and we're like you know, not a horrible name, but it's just kind of boring. Like we want something that sticks with you, something that's unique. And it it took us a long time, Chris. What were some of the other ideas we had for names? 
Oh gosh, I, I can't even remember. It was it was pretty thorough planning, I guess, for us especially. I mean, yeah. we had a couple we had a couple business meetings, couple beers, just trying to figure out, you know, what we what we want to do because I think we both have a lot of broad interests, but we also have have some future aspirations. I think these two things, the podcast live show and this whole brand, I think is the direction that we finally realized we want to go. So yeah, I think we're, we're pretty happy with how I'm at the mic um, live show podcast should be really good. Um, it's, it's going to be mostly the same, um, you know, content hopefully um, throughout the season, but you know, just, just a few tweaks um, for, uh, for the sake of our brand. Yeah, we kind of wanted to have make this live show with the with the five minute segments, just so we can kind of have some pre planned stuff and it's more structured. Like sometimes with the podcast, it goes it goes all over the place. But for this, we wanted it to be more structured, more of just like we're talking about this, this, and this. And then for the podcast, which we're gonna do, that's gonna be more just how we used to have it, kind of running on. We're not gonna have much that we're gonna like go into it talking. It's just gonna be like whatever we talk about, that's what we're gonna talk about. So I think that's what the podcast is going to be. This live show, we hope to bring in guests. Hopefully we can bring in Darren the Goat, um, Dane Moore, hopefully some other guys. But yeah, um, all right. I think we're going to jump in to the first topic, which is Tim Conley. Chris, where were you when Tim Conley was hired? Yeah, funny enough, um, I came home from work, went downstairs, started playing some NBA 2K. I usually don't even play 2K. This was just a random day. Hopped on the NBA 2K franchise. Um, I was just kind of chilling there. And I got the message from a buddy, actually. He said, look at Twitter right now. Because um, th- there had been kind of some lead up the days prior. Um, we kind of knew it was coming or we knew the talks were coming for Tim Connolly. But yeah, I was just chilling in my basement playing some 2K. Um, got the official news that Tim Connolly was going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves president of basketball operations. Um, I was super stoked hearing um, some of the DNVR guys. Um, great, great company too, by the way, um, hearing some of them talk about how much it me- how much he meant to the Nuggets and just kind of seeing how big of a loss it culture to that Nuggets organization, having him leave. So it, it does feel good to kind of, I don't know, man, I feel like we've, we've, we've had a lot of success against the Nuggets. I mean, we kind of had that, that one or done game against the Nuggets and now we steal their president of basketball operations. I don't know. So yeah, super pumped. Um, I'm really excited and obviously we'll get into it a little bit, but he's already, uh, he's kind of taken the reins as, as one would say. Yeah. So I'm trying to put myself in the mindset of right when I heard he was, cause obviously if we, if we knew what he was about to do, we, we would have had different reactions, but right away, I honestly, I don't remember at all what I was doing. I just remember you sending me and I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. Like, and then I, he, I mean, he was not cheap, right? He was, he was, a, he was very expensive. Obviously, we had to pay him a lot of money to get him away from Denver. So there you go. Like that just shows you that Alex Rodriguez, Mark Lowry, these guys are willing to spend the money. They're willing to put their money where their mouth is. They want to win, and like they're just making all the right moves. It feels like to set the Timberwolves up for success. And I mean, you go get one of the best in the business. He built Denver into a into a championship contender and i think that's what he's gonna do for us yeah i don't want to get too much into what he did right away after but have you heard him speak have you heard him on any podcast or anything yeah yeah so right when he got hired i think he kind of did his 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 media rounds um he had an interview with dane which was really good you guys should check that out um he did a lot of stuff with dan barrero he's actually at the state fair 
the moment we're live streaming this right now, doing some radio stuff. Um, I guess first impressions, um, very well articulated guy. He just seems like the most like Peyton and Chris guys, like go get a beer type type guy. And that's what, that's what he says. That's what he says. I mean, he's just a guy that likes to talk sports. He's like in his dream job right now, just manufacturing teams. He's a basketball junkie. Um, Everyone, everyone loves him. You could say he's a basketball guy. He is. He's he's just he's just a dude. He's just he's a, a dude basketball that- guy, and he's just he's making huge moves. Like he's just not even. I'm really surprised that he that D'Angelo Russell is still on the roster. Obviously, we we can talk more about the roster, but I mean, so uh, D'Lo was Finch's guy, so I, I think maybe he had that same relationship with with Conley. Yeah, and I that's I think Connolly is that players type GM. Um, I think right before or right after. He got hired or during, I don't know when it was, but he went to go to, I believe, Serbia to like celebrate Jokic's MVP there. There's videos of him like dancing with Jokic in the the village there. It's super funny. But yeah, I mean, all in all, he seems like an awesome guy. Um, Did the media rounds. I think that's awesome for the fans to kind of see. I I like a, you know, a team official that that is okay. You know, opening up to the media, open for those interviews, kind of just to, you know, get to know more about them, get to, get to know the face of, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, I guess kind of playing off Tim Connolly here. Um, what do we think about Sachin? Cause I, was, I mean, there's a lot hey, of noise, hey, a lot Chris, of noise. Chris, this is why we, this is why we need to do a basketball live show. Cause I was, I was just trying to figure out how, how we're going to transition into what, what the hell is up with Sachin? What's he doing right now? I have no clue. This is why Chris, the stats, this is why you're, you're so important. Cause I don't know all the ins and outs. What is, what is up with Sachin? So, I know um, listening to the Scoop podcast with Darren, Darren talked a lot about um, NBA president of basketball operations around the league were telling him that Sachin would most likely get the job. And I think a lot of people just assume Sachin would get the promotion. I mean, he, he's a young, bright guy. Um, I, I think all of us like him. I think he's the one move he made was re-signing Pat Bev, which I thought was a good move. Um, but yeah, and then there was a little bit of steam later in the cycle after Connolly gets hired that where's Sachin going to fit? Because I mean, Connolly hired two other guys to fill those other two executive positions. I think Sachin still does a lot with scouting and he's one of, I think he's the VP of operations at the moment. Um, so those same basketball president of operations um, told Darren that Sachin would end up in Houston or would already be in Houston. So it, there's not a lot known. Um, I know another Darren scoop is we got to have Darren on one time, please. Um, but yeah, his, his wife works in the medical field. She's employed by one of the hospitals in the twin cities and apparently they love it here. So I, I guess that's the, that's the, that's what Darren's got. And I think that's all we kind of know about the Sachin scenario right now. Yeah. So I'm guessing that he probably will not be here for the long term because he's such a, he's such a valuable basketball mind. I, I couldn't see us maintaining him for a low price for much longer. All right. So, Tim Connolly gets hired. What's the first thing he does? I hope this is the first thing he does because this is how I have it. But the first thing he did was the NBA draft. Am I correct? You are one hundred percent correct. So let's go over what uh, what what he did in his draft and how how you what your reactions because this is the first year in the last two years that we've actually had some picks. We had we had a decent amount of picks, and post draft, like we had a lot of guys that I didn't know much about. So it was, it was pretty interesting reading up on these guys. Yeah, no, I, so, you know, going into the draft with four picks, like you don't think that he's going to, you know, pick four players. Like 
it's just not going to happen. Like there's going to be some picks traded and there was picks traded. I don't have the exact list of picks traded in front of me, but we moved around, you know, it was like a the lot. Vikings. It looked like the Vikings draft. Like we were just doing trades and trades. We actually had, I feel like we got some great deals. Like I remember, um, I was just watching the draft on ESPN and it was like, wow, like that seemed like a good trade. I think it was like, we got, we moved back like a couple spots and then gained another second round pick. And another fir- late first, yeah. Yeah, it was so. Um, we took when did we take um, Kessler? What was uh, the yeah. pick? Again, I I think it was around seventeen ish, um, around that area, or a little bit later, maybe twenty one. I think it was twenty one. Um, so yeah, we got we got Walker Kessler, which the twenty second twenty second overall twenty second. Yep. So yeah, we we get Walker Kessler, and what's funny about Walker, I think, is he's like a he's a Walmart Rudy Gobert. Walmart. And ne- ne- you know, next pick, I think we made also a pretty good pick in Wendell Moore, you know, a late first round pick. Um, we can get into him in a second here. But then the other two picks, Minot and uh, Matteo Spagnolo, who I think will be playing in Italy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he didn't do much in the uh, in summer league when he was there. He didn't make much of a of an impact. He was supposed to be a shooter. It seemed like he was just kind of floating around there like a young player. Like he, he just needs more time, I think. that's. Yeah, so like- I mean... I guess kind of this, this, I mean, the draft pretty much ties into summer league too. Um, again, we won't be able to talk about Walker Kessler's summer league, but you know, seeing for my first impressions, at least of Wendell Moore and Minot, at least, um, you know, I think Minot shined in a couple games. Um, I think he's just a very raw player. I think he, he possesses a lot of, you know, traits that you really like. I think he has that ability to be a good perimeter defender. He has big length, huge athleticism. Uh, I think he can rebound, um, you know, that outside shot's going to need work, but you know, in the summer league, he, he was, I, I thought he actually shot pretty decent. The shot looks good. A few of them were going in. So I, I think he projects pretty well as a project player and hopefully he can contribute maybe a few, two or three years down the line. Um, Wendell Moore, I think, struggled a little bit in the preseason. I think his game really revolves around around having good players around him. I think he's a really kind of do-it-all player. So I think once he gets some shooters and some really good rollers and cutters, I think Wendell Moore's game as kind of that playmaking, defense, corner shot specialist, I think is really going to come into play here with some good players. So would you say Wendell Moore, he's kind of like a 3 and D type player? player almost like. yeah i th- i think he's three and d but i also think he's a you know at least for duke i thought i think he was a pretty decent playmaker so i think there is another aspect to his game where i i don't think he's just your you know cookie cutter three and d guy that can't really dribble the ball or playmake on the perimeter i think he can do some of that but yeah i think he projects to be someone who makes other players around them better i think okay. that's the best way to put to put wendell yeah um so obviously we're gonna be missing Jared Vanderbilt this season, and which is just a, a huge blow. Like the guys that we lost, I I don't know why I didn't make a a slide about this because we could talk about it all day. Just like we lost some some key guys, but so you could almost say like if if Wendell Moore pans out how we're thinking, he could almost fill that that Malik Beasley role a little bit, maybe a little bit better defense, and then Minot is like the the Jared Vanderbilt type hustle effort like electricity plug that we need yeah i mean i guess i guess if you were to put them in molds i think yeah i think wendell would more so project to malik and i think 
I think Minot would probably project closest to Vanderbilt, but it, again, it is hard to quantify. These guys are rookies. We watched a few summer league games. Um, although I do feel like the summer league is a bit more valuable than something like the NFL preseason. Cause, oh, yeah. Cause I think these summer league guys are actually going against really talented, touted and talented rookies and also some experienced players. Whereas, you know, NFL preseason, I, I've just been watching a few games, but it's like by the second half, I mean, you got guys who aren't making the team and they're just kind of messing around, just get the game over type thing. But I, I do think the, you know, the NBA summer league games are, are pretty competitive and fun to watch. I know I was watching them. Yeah. And I, I it seems like the way our roster is built this year, it seems like these guys are probably going to maybe get some minutes here and there like Wendell Moore would you say he's probably going to get the most minutes compared to um everyone else yeah I I have a feeling Minot you know Minot did get a four-year contract though I I think that was something that kind of went under the radar with all the heck hectic news rolling in um Minot got signed to a four-year deal I don't know how much is guaranteed but usually second round picks don't get four-year deals so I think that's kind of a telltale sign of he's possibly going to contribute um, whether that's playing on the Iowa wolves for maybe a few games a season, but he's, he's going to be a, you know, he's going to be a player possibly by the end of the season and postseason. I think he could really make a difference, but yeah, I think Wendell will probably at least this year project to be around the 10th man in the rotation. I'd have to say 10th, 11th. All right. Speaking of players, um, <laughs> let's get right into all of the players that we gave up for the player, the big man, Rudy Gobert, Timberwolves give up Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, 2023 first-round pick, 2025 first-round pick, 2026 pick swap, 2027 first-round pick, and 2029 first-round pick. It seems like something that Chris would do in 2K when he's bored and just trying to get rid of his picks and he's not playing any more seasons. Chris, what the hell happened? What do you think? And disclaimer, before we go into this topic, five minutes is not enough to cover an entire summer's worth of talking about one player. So please tune into the podcast later in this week. We will extensively go over Rudy Gobert and don't just take this four minute take as, as, as law. So to try to fit in as much info as as much short of time, I would say it is a lot to give up on the equity side of picks, but player wise, if you're telling me we got Rudy Gobert and we had to give up those players, are you telling me you wouldn't do that every single time? No, it's a fantastic. I mean, originally I was like, holy shit, that's a horrible trade. But now I'm just looking at it like the Timberwolves go from having one one uh, nationally televised game to is it 16 this year. Like just all these things. Like now we are a championship contender and we got the best center in the game. Literally the pairing up with Cat is perfect like you couldn't draw it up better and just like hearing how they were saying is like Rudy Gobert was one of the guys that are like if we can get him we're going to give up whatever we can to get him and considering that we only had to give up we barely we like our bench barely lost much depth like we still have a very solid bench and now we have Rudy Gobert like it just it is very exciting Picks are such a crapshoot, man. I think that's what people have to look at. I think if you're gonna get a good player, you either have to give up a, you either have to give up players or you have to give up equity. We chose to give up equity, and I think we're gonna be pretty dang good. We have a lot of players locked up for a long time after the supermax of Cat. You know, Rudy's locked up for four more years. Ants 
going to get an extension after the season. Jaden will get an extension after the season. We got these guys for a long time. We're going to have a huge window. And this, this is going to be the most exciting brand of Timberwolves basketball because of this trade since 2004. I think that's what every fan wants. Like I, whatever happens eight years down the line, people are saying, Oh, you're going to, you're going to be trash eight years down the line. Like this legacy is on the line, dude, this franchise has been trash since 1989. What, what, what do we have to lose by trading? So what, we okay. Have, we okay we're just going to gonna suck again. We have we're just going to suck something. again. Okay. Like, it's just yeah, no. like, it makes so much, I don't know. Like it just makes so much sense. And like, if we are as good as we're supposed to be, if no injuries, if blah, 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 if we're a championship contender for the next four years, it's worth those, it. Then those picks are going to be what late twenties. Like it's not like they're going to be valuable picks. It's not like we're losing first round picks. But the way I've described this trade is, it could be one of the best trades of all time. And this trade, Chris, this could end up being one of the worst trades of all time. And we just don't know. We really don't know. But this could go very bad, very quick. If one of these players gets injured and we ended up giving all these, or if Balmero turns into a superstar. All these things, it, all these things could happen. That would yeah, make be- this, but you just can't think like that, and that's why Tim Connolly, I love him. I love the aggressiveness. I love the confidence of him saying, "You know what? I don't care. I'm. You brought me here to win. Let's go win. I don't have all the time in the world. Neither do we. Like, let's go. Let's win. Let's, ju- let's just go over this. I think if you insert Rudy Gobert into the Memphis series, I think we win that series in five games. And I'm not. I I I don't think that's an exaggeration. He he literally is exactly what we needed in that series. He is the best at what we needed. He's the best in the world at what we needed in that series. So let's go over a few of the accolades of this man. He's always playing. He's always playing for his country in the summer. I think that's awesome. And I think that's slept on, but three-time defensive player of the year, multi-time all NBA, multi-time, multi-time all-star. This, this guy is a superstar player in the NBA that we have. And, he, and the cool thing is, is he's not flashy. He's not the superstar that's going to get you. He's not the shooting three bit like superstar. He's not the superstar. He's gonna get you thirty points. He literally is a superstar role player at doing the things that Cat cannot do. That Cat yeah, is bad at. He does them so well that you are considering him a superstar. He's a superstar and he barely and he does not score many points. Think about that. People, yeah, people want to you know rag on the offensive side of the ball for him. He's literally a free fifteen points for. He's gonna score fifteen points no matter what in a game because he shoots seventy five percent because he only takes shots at the rim. It's literally a free fifteen points. Like, and, it, and it's just gonna open cat. Like we can, we'll talk about this more on the podcast. But this is gonna open Cat's game up so much. I like for Chris Finch, man. He has to be so happy this offseason. Just like. The way his offense is going to open up and how this Gobert trade is going to make every single player on the team a better player. Like, seriously, this will help Ant's game. This is going to make D'Angelo Russell a potential superstar. And get Dane on here. Let me talk to him about it. Like, this this trade is going to make him a potential superstar. And just like this, this trade is awesome. So let's talk about some of the games that are going to be happening. Chris, when the schedule was released, uh, what, what, what games stuck out to you? Were there any? I don't know if there's any games in particular that stuck out to me. I kind of just think it was the way the schedule has kind of unfolded here for us. I really do think that NBA kind of like not screwed the Timberwolves, but like you you want a balanced schedule. You never want your schedule to be so like far leaning the first half and then so far leading the second half. Like you want if you know 
if you have to play a tough, tough games, you know, in a row, you want an easy game, you know, to kind of get a feel for, for a back. And uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure we open up the season against Oklahoma city, if I'm not mistaken. And then we go, 19th, and then we go jazz yeah. thunder again, Spurs, Spurs, Lakers, Spurs, Suns, Bucks, Rockets, Knicks, Suns, Grizzlies. Yeah. So, I mean, oof, there's a lot of, as you can tell, what they um, just read through is, and there's more games on top of that. It's like the first 20, 25 games. The Timberwolves just have such an easy, like there's no other way to put it. We're playing teams that aren't that good. So, I mean, if you can, you know, sneak out of the first games, like, 21 and 9 like 22 and 8 I think that would be an utter success because I mean you're not going to beat the Spurs you know three out of three times you're not going to beat the Thunder three out of three times it's it's just that's the way the NBA works I mean heck we lost both of our games to the Magic I think last year right but we got killed on one in one of them so I mean it's night tonight but we have a really easy schedule to start the season and a really hard schedule to end the season so the way you know I was I talked to you about it the other day was it's in a good way that this team gets to build chemistry against a bad team and kind of get their footing and learn how to play with each other. But it's also bad because you're not really going to be battle tested until, you know, the middle of the season to see how this lineup can roll up against, you know, a good team. So there's both ways to look at it, but yeah, that's what really stuck out to me. Yeah. But you could also look at it. The Timberwolves from when we've been covering them the last three years, they usually start out pretty slow. Like you give us the first two or three games, we're saying, "Oh, this is this is an NBA championship team." Like <laughs> we win the first game, we win a big game against the Bucks or something here and there, and then we're like, "Oh, this is it, let's go." But then we go on a skid, like a ten-game skid where we just really struggle. So if we go on our annual skid against the bad teams, and then we get out of there like five hundred, just and then then we have to start playing the great teams. That's just. It's gonna be tough. I don't. I don't really know. Like, I don't know how people like. I don't know how um, the schedule release is like a huge deal for people to talk about. Cause like, you play the teams the same amount of times. It doesn't really matter. There's not much you can talk about. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just like a, it's such a dead period in the NBA offseason that people people love to make. You know, that's how they create content, especially in that part. Um, I think another part. Yeah, no, another part that really stuck out to me was, you know, the first eight games include two pretty big, like, not rivalry games, but it includes two huge, like, homecoming games. Like, not – so we play the Jazz at home, but, I mean, Rudy's going to be playing the Jazz, and I think we play the Lakers at home, I believe, too, right? Or is that an away game? Uh, let me check it out. But, yeah, um, I mean, it's not only Rudy's going to be playing the Jazz. Is we're going to be playing against Vando, Malik. All those guys are going to be coming back. back. We in the play building. them. Friday, October twenty first. Home. Yeah, and the, and then the Lakers, Lakers game at home too. Home on the twenty eighth. So you're gonna have Pat Bev coming back to you know the Target Center here. That that news just dropped. Was it last night or the night before that that, that was, was gonna be a last? Night. I think it was two nights two nights ago. Two nights it was ago. late. It was late two nights ago, and I you know I that's a whole other part we can get into later. I could, but I you could know, be happier for him. And it, so he's making the amount of money that we signed him to, right? So that's why he is not mad at the Timberwolves at all, because we signed him for too much than he's worth. And then so now any team that he's on, he has to make that 13 mil. So he has nothing against the Timberwolves because we paid him. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think, you know, out of all the teams Pat Beverly's been on, I think I honestly believe he's enjoyed the Timberwolves the most. I, I, I would argue I mean, with any Clippers fan, I'd argue with any Rockets fan. Like this one season I think was kind of Pat Bev's like, 
best, maybe not his statistically best season, but this was like his favorite season. I would argue that with everyone. Yeah, and I could, and I just from like the way he's been talking, the way he's been tweeting, I can't see him not. If something opened up in the future for him to do like a Udonis Haslam type thing, like be be the player coach for until he's forty, like I could see him doing that. And we, you know what, we should have had a slide for for Pat Bev to talk about him, but we'll, we'll build that in the next show. I, I I'm gonna miss the guy a lot. Um, going into the next one, we got a debate for you, Chris. Who is going to need to take the bigger leap this year? Who's going to be more vital to the Timberwolves making the playoffs, going to a championship run? Who's going to need to take, make the bigger jump? Cat or Ant? Personally, I mean, I I think this is a pretty easy one for me, at least. I mean, we kind of, you know, Cat's going on 27 now this season. Um, he's going to be turning 27. I, I think for the most part, you know, we, we know who Cat is is we know what he's going to give us every season. Um, I think a couple playoff games against a really tough matchup for him, um, you know, doesn't determine my thoughts on him. I just don't think he's had enough postseason experience. But for me, yeah, like if Anthony Edwards turns into a superstar or blossoms into a 26, 27-point-per-game guy, I mean, I don't think there's any any reason to believe Ant will need – you know, Ant's going to need to be the bigger of the jumps here. I think Carl's already Carl. Like, Carl's already the best player on the team. If Ant jumps to be the best player on the team, I think that will be more essential for sure. I mean, okay, uh, that makes a lot of sense. But also, a way you could go at it is if one of them just has a horrendous season, who would you rather have have the bad season? Who would you rather just have the bad? Like, if Carl just has, like, one of the worst seasons of his career and Anthony Edwards goes off, is that – are we still going to be able to make make the run this year? I guess I don't know how to answer that hypothetical, but I guess I would answer by saying this. I think the most underrated part of Cat's career so far has been his statistical consistency from year to year. Like I Cat has never taken, you know, a dip in statistics. You know, you can argue minimal points per game or minimal rebounds here, some assists here, but he's had about the same really good like all NBA numbers his entire career after his rookie season. So, I mean, it, yeah, I we're going to have to see what Ant blossoms into this year. And I think that's kind of what is under the microscope for, you know, national media now for the people who actually talk about the Timberwolves. I think a lot of them would agree that Carl is, is a really, you know, big story that a lot of the national outlets aren't covering. I think, he really, really, really needs to uh, reimagine himself as, you know, a, a playoff performer this year. And he really needs to figure out how he's going to fit with Rudy. So I think well, that's not as talked about as, you know, Anthony Edwards in the national spotlight. Yeah, I think a thing with Carl is like, if this works out how it's supposed to work out is he's not going to have to work as hard on defense. He's not going to have to guard their centers anymore. He's going to the floor is going to be spaced more cuz he's going to be the four, which we've already talked about is a position that we think he should be playing. Um so if you have Carl Anthony Towns playing the four, he should be shooting 8 8 to 10 threes a game. I mean, he's the three-point champion. So I could I could honestly see his stats exploding this year. I could see it it being just I could see him having the breakout year. Everyone is saying Anthony Edwards needs to make the leap. Anthony Edwards needs to make the leap. I'm confident Anthony Edwards is going to have a great season. But I could see Carl Anthony Towns exploding this year just because we brought in Gobert. 
Yeah, like you just you think about how Cat played last year, and it was mostly on the perimeter. Um, you, you know, like whenever Cat gets that big on him, he's he's blowing right by him. I don't think there's one big in the league who can move their feet to guard Carl Anthony Towns on the perimeter. We were all, at least me and you, were just yelling at Cat, please take more threes. Like you, he is so good at them. He needs to be taking like. Steph Curry amounts of threes. That's how that's how he's good a of a champion. shooter he is. He's the three point champion. Like it's as simple as that. Like he literally won the won the three point contest. And, and I think like Oh, go ahead. Another point I want to bring up is what was Carl Anthony Towns' biggest downfall last season? By far. In the playoffs, at the end of the season, like the biggest problem. What was it, Chris? I know what you're getting at, and it was definitely fouling and I think yes. it's going to be awesome when Rudy Gobert and him get to split their fouls between two people it's going to be so, amazing and like he would take himself out of games like the only games when Carl Anthony Towns would play shitty was when he was in foul trouble and he got two fouls in the first quarter and he couldn't do anything it's, yeah I was I was about I was going to say too like imagine like this is so outlandish in like common sense but like you have by the way, we didn't even talk about this with Rudy Gobert. He's the best screen assister in the NBA by a lot. This dude gets like seven screen assists a game compared to every... I think the next best is like five point something. A cat in Rudy Gobert screen. You get the five switched on to cat. He drives by them. You get the four switched on to Rudy. He posts them up. Well, is that not... Is, do you think Chris Finch is going to try to do... He's 100% to try to do stuff like that there's so many possibilities in this lineup that's what i'm saying man chris finch is just in the lab this whole summer just just probably just working out random like d'angelo russell we're, we're transitioning into into the, the after the mic show um d'angelo russell i'm so excited to see what he's gonna do this year like he is in this is like I'm so happy he got he gets one more chance here in minnesota like everyone was willing to write him off and now like this is it. This is his last chance, and he is in such a position to succeed that if he doesn't succeed this season with the tools that he's given, the the keys to the offense that he's given, then I'm fine. I'm ready to get rid of him. I'm ready to get rid of him for, for a bag of chips, whatever he's worth at this point. But I, I truly think that this is a great opportunity for D'Angelo Russell. I got a really big hot take. All right, let's hear it. A really big hot take. I think, obviously, D'Lo with one year left on his contract at 30-something million. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to get an, a contract extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You heard it, you heard it here first. I think it's going to be a two-year extension. And I think it's going to be about $18 million a year. Really? That's my biggest hot take of this offseason so far. I'll talk about it more on the podcast, but I really do think that I think they should try to lock him up to something like that before he has a really, really good season off this, you know, improved pick and roll offense, which he really thrives in, mm, and which okay. he was an all-star under. So what you're saying? So I think, is, yeah. What you're saying is the Timberwolves have already have already put money on D'Angelo Russell by keeping him for this season. We've already said, all right, we're not going to trade him. We're already betting on D'Angelo Russell. So you're saying they should double down, re-sign him for the less money because he's he's on the low so re-sign him on the low right now because we ought to already are betting on him so bet on him there's, a, there, more. there's reports that um the timberwolves and him have already had contract extension talks um at the moment he said he's betting on himself for, right for this year which i i think is smart for him but yeah and no and it's, it, that's why my point remains the timberwolves are thinking the same thing i think here is try to get him d'angelo russell's a good player he's not a 30 Three million dollar player, but he is a, he is a sixteen seventeen million dollar player 
in that's this good. offense, he might be like that valuable of a player in this offense when he's running with Gobert. I mean, I don't know. I just, Chris, this is going to be an amazing season to cover, and I'm so happy we got this weekly show. I'm so happy we got the new setup, the new name. It's just revamped, and I think it's going to be fantastic. You got any takes you want to talk about quick here before we uh, sign off? I know we want to keep it keep it pretty Um yeah, I guess we're still working through some of the kinks on this. Like, I can't even see the timer right now, guys. But um, I guess some news that we'll talk about later in the week on the podcast. Torian Prince news came out. Oh, he Everything's with, fine. He got caught with a very dangerous drug. <laughs> I think it wasn't it one in one hundredth ounce of hash oil. Like, was that what it was? Yeah, it was like. That's just wild. That that's <laughs> I just love how it said, like, dangerous drug. Like, we're not yeah. supporting drugs here. But when you say dangerous drug, my... I go to like meth, heroin, like that type of shit. And then it's just like barely like, okay. He, yeah, he, his season will not be affected by this at all. He might get fined a little bit, but obviously we can talk about it more on the podcast. And what we've been doing is we've been talking a lot about the podcast. So you guys obviously should be checking into the podcast. It'll be uh, airing next Monday, I think. Next Monday morning at around 7 a.m. We'll probably release it for you guys. So. I think that'll be a good spot to listen to me and Chris a little bit more in-depthly talk about all these topics and a little bit more. All you long commuters, be sure to be sure to download it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, doesn't matter. Yeah, so I guess I, I guess we just still we just have so much to talk about. But the last thing I want to say is kind of the vision for this show, Howling at the Mic Live. What I want it to be in maybe at the halfway point of the season, I want it to be a place where we can bring on a guest. So it'll be a three-person show. Um, me and Chris might take turns hosting, or maybe I'll just be the host, maybe Chris will just be the host, and it'll just kind of be a debate show between Chris and, say, Darren Wolfson. We'll give them a topic, they'll both talk about it, maybe they'll agree, maybe they won't, blah, blah, blah. Something like that, or we could have it be, we could have our fans call in. I'm learning how to do that. We could have call-ins for a, a segment here and there. I, just, I don't know, I want to get segments, I want to have it be very... Very seg- segmented. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I 100%, 100% agree. I think this is going to be great for us. I think we attempted to do something like this in the past, but I don't think it's been this you know rigid and cemented um, in a weekly schedule. So should yeah, be good. There's nothing like this in Timberwolves meet. Like there is nothing like this in Minnesota Timberwolves like YouTube or anything like that. No one is doing this yet. So I think it's an untapped market. There's going to be some learning curves. I don't think we're going to be getting the results we want right away, but I think if we stay consistent at the same time every week, I think we can grow this into something special. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Hopefully, hopefully that one listener out there is going to, is going to be a special listener one day when this is huge. You're going to be able to be the first one to say you tuned in. I appreciate you guys. We'll see you later. Hell yeah. I thought that went really well, actually.